Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 Isaiah 59 is a serious passage of scripture but but the verses the Lord brought me to to open with this morning I have such a heavy heart for the church today What I, what I bring to you this morning is in the spirit of last week is just how Satan has had a field day with the church. And I want you to see as we looked at Jeremiah last week and I, the principles there, even though God's dealing with the nation of Israel, this is true of every nation. His principles are eternal. His principles were not just set out, His laws were not just set out, although some of them in the Old Testament specifically for Israel, but they are for you and I today. People that throw away the Old Testament and say, I'm living in the New Testament are doing a great tragedy to God's Word. And I believe that our best days are ahead. You have to understand that. That I believe what God is doing right now is setting up His true servants for the most effective and efficient ministry that this country has ever seen. And we've seen some great revivals in the past. We've seen some great moves of God. But I think our best is yet to come. But it begins with us. And so in verse 11, the prophet, as faithfully as he is to God, and and, and I appreciate that. If, if I think of heroes in, in the Word of God, I think of Jesus. I think of the Apostle Paul. I, I, I think in the Old Testament of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Habakkuk, Hosea, Joel, Amos. The, these men that God picked out of a culture at a time when people needed to hear the Word of God. When the teaching priests and the teaching leaders, the spiritual leaders of that day would not give the true Word of God. That all they continued to do was tell the people peace and safety. And what we're living in today is what they were living in. What we witness today is nothing new. Humans are humans all through history from the creation of Adam and Eve to where we're at today. A nation acts the same. Even though God's people had His truth and even though they, they had the things of the Lord and were entrusted with that, 
It was no guarantee that they wouldn't drift and turn their back on the Lord. And anyone who tells you that this country, because this is the lie, was not built on Judeo-Christian values, is absolutely off their rocker. Was all the founding fathers Christians? Absolutely not. But if you go to Washington, D.C., you're going to see the Word of God just riddled everywhere. And if a country is founded on Judeo-Christian values with the Word of God as the Bible was always used in court, secular courts to say, do you promise to tell the truth? They'd put their, their hand on the Bible and they would raise their right hand and say, I swear to tell the truth. Not on the Koran. Not on any other holy book, but the Bible. The Bible was a, a staple in our schools. Prayer was a staple in our schools. And now all of a sudden they want you to believe that God didn't have anything to do with this country. But with that being said, you and I are so much more responsible. And you've entrusted teachers that are depraved. I thank God for our school teachers that know the Lord. They're somewhat the only light in this for our children in, in public schools, but we've entrusted, we've sent them out as sheep among wolves. We've sent them out to be slaughtered, to be indoctrinated with, with every doctrine from demons in hell that you can imagine, beginning with evolution. And we bring them to Sunday school and we could care less what they learn in school. And you teach your kids they came from animals, they're going to act like that. And so verse 11 and 59 is where I'll begin. I could read the whole chapter, but for, for sake of time, we all growl like bears. We moan and moan like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none. And so we hope for justice, but there is none for salvation, but it is from us, far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before you and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us and we know our iniquities. Transgressing and denying the Lord and turning back from following our God. Speaking oppression and revolt. Conceiving and uttering from the heart lying words. This is where I start with deception. Verse 14, justice is turned back. And righteousness stands far away, for truth is stumbled in the public squares, and uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking. And I want you to see this, Christian. And he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. I want you to see the spiral there. I want you to see what, what, what's happening just in that short passage where sin pervades a nation first. Sin pervades the nation to the point where they even know it. They know it. This is God's people. They know it. And, and, and they understand their transgressions. They're even multiplied before them. And they have knowledge of their sin. They say, say our sins testify against us for our transgressions are with us and we know our iniquities. And then the root of their sin is in verse 13. They rejected God. Then they rebelled against God. 
that in 59 he begins by saying and turning back from following our God, transgressing and denying the Lord. They deny the Lord. They turn their back from following God. There's a willful departure that's taking place here. The fruit of their sin is followed by the root of their sin. You need to understand this when you, when you listen, beloved, when you, when you talk to your family, no man can straighten out what the root is. It just can't happen. The fruit of sin is right there at the root. God has always raised up nations and taken them down. It's nothing new. Read the Old Testament. He prophesied about it. Powerful nation after nation fell. It it was Babylon. Assyria fell. Babylon falls. Medo-Persia falls. Rome falls. Greece falls. Every one of them he prophesied about as if saying, I am the one responsible for raising them up, but I'm also the one responsible for taking them down. And this is where my heaviness comes. Because with all the talk out there, there's nothing said about God. You guys are in debates over politics and racism, and you don't bring God into the picture. When he says that the justice is turned back, I want you to see that picture. Justice is turned back. It's as if justice comes to the gate and you cannot enter. You cannot enter. Justice cannot get through. It is turned back. So justice comes to the gate and then it turns around and walks away because it isn't welcomed. You see cops being shot today. It's got to tell you something. Whenever the authorities that protect the general public that pay taxes now have a target on their back, you have to ask yourself what's going on. Justice is being turned back. Heroes are being made villains and villains are being made heroes. It's as if you drive up to a crime scene and it's yellow taped that you cannot cross that yellow tape. Justice cannot cross. Why is that? Because truth is stumbled in the public square. That's why. Truth and justice are interconnected. They are connected. You cannot separate the two. All these politicians that are telling you that they're going to do this and they're going to straighten out the country, they divorce themselves from truth. Listen to me, if you watch CNN, you need to watch Fox News. If you watch Fox News, you need to watch CNN. You need to understand the full spectrum. But I am so disheartened from the deception that is taking place through these talking heads on at night and no one brings the Bible. Nobody brings God's Word because it's divorced from truth. Do you see that? Beloved, please listen to me on this. This is where we're at. And I want you to see this. If you are into truth and you said, I'm following Christ no matter what, I want you to see verse 15. Truth is lacking. And he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. You're going to be the hunted one. You will be the hunted one. 
You will be hunted for departing evil and standing up for truth. Do you realize that? Proverbs 28.5 says, Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. Righteous stands afar off, our passage says. In other words, it stands so far off you can't even recognize it. It's like seeing somebody you think you know in the distance and it's there and you're, you're looking and I say, I, I think that's John. And you walk over there, oh, I'm sorry, I was mistaken, sir. They don't recognize it. Justice stands afar off. Mistaken identity. Justice, what people think is justice today is by no means justice. And that whenever the lack of truth begins to pervade the culture, not just sin, but the lack of truth, then there's going to be an attack on the righteous. So you better prepare. You better prepare. Now turn to Ephesians chapter 6. That was the passage I wanted to, to talk about for a moment as we speak of deception in these last days. I think it's important that we see what Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 6, just in the beginning verses here, because let me tell you something. Many of you are being swept away right now in deception. You don't even know it. That's the bad thing about deception. Some people will say, you're lying to me. They know they're being lied to. But under deception, people don't know they're being lied to. And this is Satan's M.O. This is his M.O. Deception, he's the father of lies as we saw last week. And so in Ephesians 6, I want you to see this. Finally, this is, by the way, let me say this, that if you look in Acts chapter 19, you're going to see that the church of Ephesus was birthed in the midst of uh, darkness. That, that when there was revival there, they burned their, their magic books, it says, that was worth 50,000 pieces of silver. This is the one that Paul is writing to. This is, the past, this is the church he's writing to. That very church that was birthed in the midst of turmoil. In the midst of turmoil. And so he writes this, and that's why the only time you see the term heavenly places is in the book of Ephesians. It's five times in the book of Ephesians, in the heavenly places. And the greatest news is the first time that Jesus is seated in the heavenly places. Then in chapter 2, we're seated in the heavenly places because you and I cannot do spiritual warfare on earth. Satan will whip you. He will take you into bondage. In, in verse 10, it says, finally, it's as if Paul is saying, after he said all he can in, in all that was previously said, he says, finally, he does give a final greeting, but he says, I want you to take this to heart. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened the belt of truth. And that's where I stop. And what I want you to see there is there's three times where we we're told that, that, that Paul, he's using this, this battle 
imagery. He's using this battle imagery because Christianity is not a cakewalk. And the church in Ephesus knew that more than anybody. But in those short verses, three times he says to stand. I want you to see that in verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. When you go to verse 13, he says it again. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. And then in verse 14, he says, stand therefore. Why? Because in a battle, in a war, it is important that you hold your position. It is important that you stand. That you don't retreat. Those who retreat don't win. And that's what he's getting at when he's saying stand. He's using battle imagery. He's using armor. If you read that on, there's no question that he's speaking about the fact that we're in this spiritual war that he opens up in verse 10, 11, 12 with. But he says to stand, to not retreat. And then in verse 11, we're told to stand against the schemes of the devil. The, the Greek word for that schemes of the devil, schemes is methodia. That's where we get our English word method from. And what it meant in that day was cunning, craftiness, deception. It was used of animals who would lie. And they would get down and they would see their prey. And then once the prey, they saw it, they would sneak up on it in a cunning way, in a stealth way, in a deceptive way. And then they would leap on their prey and take them down. And that's what Satan does. His schemes are no less than crafty. They're no less than deceptive. And we continue to fall to this deceptiveness. Now, by way of review, and, and I'll go through this fast, the reasons that we're supposed to expose deception is deception is at the heart of Satan's plan to destroy you, right? We talked about John 10, 10 last week. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But secondly, we're to expose deception because it's at the heart of Satan's plan to divide the church. Third, deception is at the heart of Satan's plan to disarm the church. Not just to deceive the church, but to disarm it. Because last week I showed you in 1 Timothy 3 that it is the pillar of truth. It is the buttress of truth. It is the very pillar in this world of truth. If the church caves in, there is no truth. I talked about weapons of mass deception last week, not mass destruction. You've heard the term mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction, WMD, and, and how we're familiar with that during the Bush administration. But there's also weapons of mass deception, the internet, the social media, news networks, public school system, government agencies. They're all tools in the hands of Satan. And if you don't have the truth, you will never know it. And then I went on to begin about the deception in the church. And this is what I want to deal with this morning. We know that the church is prone to deception. Paul warned the church. Who did he warn in Acts chapter 20? In Acts chapter 20, he warned the Ephesian elders. The very thing he's writing in Ephesians 6, the people he's re, uh, writing to there, he had a leadership meeting with those in Acts chapter 20. And as he had that leadership meeting with those in Acts chapter 20, the Ephesian elders, 
He said, after my departure, ravenous wolves are going to come in and not even spare the flock. Paul gave the warning that the church is going to be attacked by Satan's angels of lights, by ravenous wolves, people who could care less about the truth. And the only antidote to deception is truth. That's the only antidote. It isn't more education. It isn't this and that. It isn't on the news. You're not going to find it on social media where you want the truth is right here. He says to put on that belt of truth. That's the first thing we are to do. Why? Because without truth, you may as well leave the war. You may as well just say, okay, cuff me, Satan. Take me. I'm guilty. Boom. And march off. That's what cities did when they were besieged and when they were surrounded. They either surrendered or they fought. And if you don't have the truth, you may as well give up and walk away because you don't have an offensive weapon at all. Put on the belt of truth. Take out the sword of the Spirit as He moves forward. But you need to know the truth in today's day and age. There's three areas that I would talk about as far as where Satan is deceiving the church today. Major areas. And these are the three things that are dividing the church across our country. And this is why it is important that you're supposed to follow leadership, but you can always approach leadership. We don't think that we've, we all believe we see through a glass dimly, and therefore when people have come to us, we sit down and we, do, we talk about the Scriptures, and we're not afraid for correction at all. But it is important that the politics stay out of the church as far as causing division. And that's the first point I want to discuss with you this morning is the politics, because that's one of the primary battlefields that's taking place, and it's made itself into the churches and I want you to know that there's two primary ways that people can get deceived on this one when politics become a priority in the church over the gospel then it is deceived whenever the gospel loses its way and covered up by politics then you are in trouble the church is in trouble because we were not called to be a political machine a gospel preaching Machine, one to make disciples, but although you cannot divorce politics from the church when it comes to our obligations in our culture to live out as salt and light, you and I are called to penetrate the political field without a doubt. So all of those who are out there and they tell you, well, politics and church, they need to be uh, separate. Whoever told you that lie? Did that come from the First Amendment of separation of church and state or what? Is that where that came from? The whole idea of separation of church and state was to keep the government out of the church. That's why we're meeting today. And why we were forced to move forward. That's what that was meant for. But whenever somebody told you that politics shouldn't be discussed, then that is wrong. Is it divisive? Yes. Does it need to be divisive? No. All you got to do is turn in your ballots and I'll vote for you. I'll fill them out for you. But, but I cannot believe how deceptive things are out there because the campaigns and the news media, you know what they're doing? 
The campaigns in the news media, they're trying to get you off base of what's really important with God. They, they want you to be distracted what's most important with your Christian values. And it really isn't about a political party. It's about the policies that each person is going to implement. That's what's most important. Do you realize that? I can't believe, you know, we live in the day of mudslinging. And, and what they're going to do is they're going to come, they're going to they're uh, divide you, they're going to deceive you, and they're going to say, well, he did this and he did. Sometimes I feel like those campaigns are like two years old, you know, in a sandbox or something. They're, they're just throwing these things out that are diversion tactics. Let me tell you what's most important when you go into politics, because if the church is meant to be truth, then what are we supposed to propagate the most? Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977